Welcome to SlaterPod episode two, already the final episode of the year. What a shame. Um, continue in the new year, of course. This is Florian from Zurich. I'm Esther in London. And that's why we're doing this via video call. Um, okay, we uh, have a lot to talk about today. It's been a very, very busy week on uh, in terms of news stories, uh, a fair amount of also somewhat complex stories uh, to discuss. But first, why don't we kick it off by uh, highlighting a, a couple of the, the the best quotes we got during the year. Uh, Esther, we just published an article um, that where we plucked out how many quotes was was it in total? Yeah, I think, I think it ended up being about eighty of our sort of favorite quotes over the year. Um, so some quite interesting ones in there, but. Today, um, yeah, just picked out the selection of the top five, um, some pretty punchy ones in there. So I thought I'd start by reading reading a few of those. Um, so we had um, from January um, 2019, so coming up for a year ago, comment from um, Phil Shaw, CEO of Transperfect, saying, uh, if there's a fight in the Disney boardroom about who's going to control Disney, people don't stop taking their kids to ride Space Mountain. So uh, what's the deal with... <laughs> that metaphor yeah yeah Can i think it's a, it's a nice metaphor um i mean obviously sort of harking back to when there were um disputes and difficulties at the management level which obviously ended up with phil shaw um having for, uh, full ownership over um transperfect um but obviously saying that despite whatever's going on behind the scenes with management people don't stop ordering translations yeah and so it was right i mean they've gone on to produce a pretty good year 2018 and I guess uh, another good one is in store for them in, in, in 2019 although maybe growth slowed down a little bit uh, but we're waiting for for the final figures obviously yeah, um, yeah all right yeah. that's kind of a uh, that's a story that kept us busy in 2017 18 what's what's going on with with newer stuff did we have any greater quotes in uh, in that more the current year yeah, yeah. So a, a couple around media localization, which has obviously been a bit of a hot topic as well for us and yeah. um, for the industry generally in 2019 um, and will continue to be, in my view, our view for 2020. Um, so one story that shaped uh, 2019, I think, is around BTI Studios um, and you had the former founder, um, Bjorn Liffigan, leaving the company back in, in May, I believe. Um, I mean, he was quoted... Uh, on Slater is saying BTI Studios is taking a new course with the new management that I do not support. As a result, I'm taking the consequences and I'm leaving the board. So this was kind of came as a bit of a surprise, I think, to most people back in May when um, Bjorn, who he had transitioned already to a board role, so he was no longer the CEO, um, but he he left just a few short months after transitioning to that to that board role. And then what transpired after that? Uh, well, I mean, I guess. The course that um, BTI ultimately went on to take was um, merging a few months later with IUNO. So they merged in 2019. Okay. Oh, sorry, in I mean, September. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a big merger. I think they they might end up as one of the winners because they have such a massive scale, right? Yeah, and back, companies... by private equity is and yeah. and some venture capital as well. I mean, if they manage the integration uh, well, this could be, uh, you know, one of the obviously leading contender in, in that space. And uh, seems there's a, a bunch of smart people at the top there. So let's uh, let's see how this plays out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then um, on to another 
topic of the year, I suppose, um, venture capital and private equity. So we had a, a quote from um, Shri, who's partner at Point72 Ventures, um, speaking at SlateCon San Francisco in September. Um, actually, this is a follow-up story that we did when we interviewed him about the Unbabble um, Series C investment, I think, 60 million, um, that happened just a few short weeks later. Um, so he said of the language industry, it's a really exciting industry that has the best kind of customers, the stickiest kinds of customers who spend a lot of money. And those are things that we as venture, cap venture investors love to look at. Um, so, yeah. That's a good quote. Good quote. Yeah. Good quote. It's a, it's a good nice quote for 2020. Positivity, yeah, going into into the new year. Um, and then one from a buyer, slightly more recently. Um, this um, was from the senior global localization manager at Nike, um, Al Morello. Um, so he was speaking in Amsterdam, SlateCon, just a few few weeks ago, yeah. um, talking about how localization is run at, at Nike. Um, and he's saying really a call, I suppose, to LSPs and to vendors um, crying out for good account management is something that has been lacking in the localization industry for years. Good accounts, um, good account teams to partner with the clients. It's something that marketing agencies have done a lot better and the localization industry needs to catch up on. Mm. Now, that, that's I like that quote. It mm. might also be a little bit of a function of... Um, the tight margins in the in the localization and translation industry, right? I mean, I'm sure. I'm subletting here from a marketing and communications agency, event agency. I mean, they're billing all of the project uh, briefings to the client. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah they, they do do some pitching, but eventually, you know, they start billing very early when they're taking down the specs of a particular project. Yeah. It's very hard to do in the translation localization industry. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess by good account management, project management, reaching out to customers, you can... Um, you, you can really impress your clients. I think that was similar to what we heard from uh, Michal from PayPal mm -hmm. and, and also from uh, Hartmut from LogMeIn, right? Mm. Basically kind of a call to the vendors to, you know, really engage with the, with, with the buy side as well. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then from buy side, um, we had a, also a moving over to the translation, translator and linguist side, um, and a topical story also of 2019 about California's AB5 um, law and interpreters trying to sort of fight that as well. So uh, Michelle Stevens, professional interpreter um, and member of the AIIC said, we are not the gig economy workers AB5 is designed to protect, but rather highly trained and skilled professionals with established professional standards to adequately perform our work. Okay. Um... Yeah, that that legislation seems. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to comment on the politics of it. I, you right. Know, I guess neither of us is an expert on California politics, but just sure. from a translation, localization, language industry operational point of view, yeah, uh, it's a very difficult situation they're finding themselves in. I mean, Seema covered this story, so she she will be the expert on that. But I, I did, uh, you know, edit some of the previous stories and. So in a nutshell, what's happening is that it, it's a piece of legislation called AB5 designed mm -hmm. to basically quite narrowly protect um, Uber and uh, and Lyft drivers uh, in, in that part of the world um, mm. and, and basically make them full-time employees of these, you know, of these platforms. Yeah. Uh, what happened though is it's very broad now, um, and 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 it's basically encompassing all kinds of freelancers. Mm -hmm. And if I get this right, it's actually if 
if you're a freelancer and you're freelancing for a company whose core business your service um, encompasses, so if you're a translator yeah. and you're freelancing for a an LSP, then you're you're basically fall you fall under this piece of legislation, which means that the LSP would need to hire you full time. Mm. But practic in in reality, in practical reality, I don't see how this would work. And and basically, so do almost all other professional organizations in translation localization. Because, well, most freelancers have more than one client. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them have dozens of clients, dozens of agencies. So I don't yeah. really see how this would work. And um, and this is actually going into effect in in January first, twenty twenty. It's been signed yeah. off by the governor, and you know, there's I'm not intimately familiar, of course, with the California legis- legislative process, but it seems that this is actually coming into force. And there's a lot of noise uh, on Twitter. I mean, there were freelancers that uh, translation freelancers that said, "Hey, you're you know, I'm starting to basically lose business from from agencies that don't want to contract with me anymore." Mm-hmm. And then there was also an interesting story that actually triggered a lawsuit, uh, not related to translation, but it was Vice Media laid off 200 freelancers in California um, and they hired back 20 or 10 or so full-time. Uh, oh, yeah. And then, um, and and that triggered, a, well, eventually uh, some professional journalist and photographer union or, or organ- association filed a lawsuit against uh, the state of California over this, right? Because mm. uh, they're seeing massive impact on, on their business as well. Um, and so we published a story yesterday on this, and you know, obviously, it's getting um, it's getting a lot of uh, feedback, a lot of traction. And there's uh, you know, the American Translators Association also published a position paper on this. Mm-hmm. And you know, California is a major, major market uh, yeah. for 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 uh, for translation localization. So it is it is very, very interesting what's going on there. And I I don't think this can stand as is i mean there's so much pushback but again uh, maybe they'll find some kind of loophole as well or they would have to have an exemption basically what what ata and everybody else is fighting for is now exempt translators and interpreters from this piece of legislation yeah Um, and i you know i'm I'm not sure how difficult this is going to be but definitely they're they're putting up a very strong fight Uh, Mm -hmm. so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this plays out there's one to watch going into 2020 as well absolutely yeah um what else did we have? You quoted uh, a media localization, right? Which had yeah. a um, an interesting year. Um, also, one of the stories we had this year, uh, sorry, this week was uh, Keyword Studios. Uh, we we actually listened to like a three and a half hour uh, Capital Markets presentation mm. uh, and and plucked out some of the key the key well interesting takeaways. Uh, from from this that that are concerning game and media localization and and they're saying look we've quote unquote we've we've built up organically a small team of half a dozen people who just focus on film and television mm. and then and so basically they're they're taking baby steps going into into media localization and they're very yeah. large organizations they're kind of dominant in game localization so mm. it's it's interesting to see what they're going to do next year I think they they want to be a little what's the right word there kg or coy yeah like a little cautious it is especially in the communications they don't want to say hey we're entering media lock now uh you know everybody watches they, they want to kind of take it step by step um but, but we, we knew this already right because i think they they acquired a company tvs tv synchron a few months back and that was where the quote from about taking tiny tiny baby steps or something into media localization had come from 
That's true. Yes, yeah. that's true. We knew this, um, and I think they're now. Well, they stressed it a little more in that okay. in that capital markets day. So mm. you're right. It's it's not kind of a, something that's very new, but it's something that we've uh, mm. seen. He's making more. He's, he's, they're communicating a bit more openly uh, right now. Yeah, a few months in. Potentially. So what else did they do? There was another story with Canton MT. This uh, sorry with uh, yeah with keywords. Well, I gave it away now. <laughs> so they bought they bought Canton MT in Ireland. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Esther? Yeah, super interesting. Um, I mean, I think from from the M and A perspective, um, obviously end of the year now, so we're starting to work on compiling the M&A report for 2019. Um, I mean, this and looking at sort of multiples and valuation multiples. So this is this is interesting, I think, from from that from my from my perspective in that point, sort of financially um, huge. I don't remember the exact figure, but sort of huge um, multiple on the EBITDA, like 37, 39 percent, something like that. Yeah, um, on, 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 a, on a small EBITDA. On a small, yeah, like, sure, sure, yeah. small EBITDA. Um, but yeah, I mean, indicative potentially um, for other uh, pure play MT providers. Uh, and I, I know that we sort of made the distinction between ones operating like B2B um, versus sort of B, a B2C model. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, what, what's your take on, on, on that acquisition specifically? Uh, yeah, I didn't see this coming uh, yeah. in, in a sense, especially not from keywords. It's an interesting play by a game and now what we just said, media localizer increasingly to buy a machine translation company. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, they're not B2C, they're not like DeepL. Um, mm -hmm. they're, they're more managed service, right? So they go yeah. in and they build some custom engines and I think they have clients like uh, eBay and, and I think they had also a fair amount of European Union work. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's very interesting that keywords would spend, uh, well, they spent seven, seven million yeah. Uh, so I mean, euro, half of it though is cash and the other half is, uh, is kind of earn out over time. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but it's still, it's still a quite a hefty price for a company that did. It's less than eight, a million in revenues. Wasn't yeah. Less than a million in revenue. Right. So yeah. they're paying a fair amount for that piece of technology, obviously. Yeah. Um, interesting. And it's also interesting because, um, you know, game localization, media localization is one of the verticals we've always said is, is kind of the hardest to automate. Uh, yeah. in terms of, you know, machine translation, because it's very creative um, yeah. and it's, 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 uh, it's, it's different from probably maybe, you know, a, a legal contract or, or mm. some other um, vertical. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And obviously, congratulations to Tony O'Dowd, the CEO of Canton. Great exit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else did we have uh, this week? We had the yeah the year enders we had the interview with um, or the the presentation summary with log me in with hartmut from uh, from log me in so that was a he kind of built a he came in that there was a merger between you know certain uh, companies into that log me in entity which runs uh, the go to meeting software and all of that and and then he he came in and he kind of uh, streamlined uh, what he said from a translation service into a globalization consultancy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that story of really looking at localization from a, uh, also a revenue generation point of view, rather than just kind of an internal service that helps you translate certain documents. So that, that was actually mm -hmm. quite an interesting uh, story as well. And uh, yeah, it's been a busy week uh, for all of us. Um, we're going to wind down a little bit now over the holidays um, yep. and, uh, and come back in full force in, in 2020. We have a couple of announcements. For those of you who haven't seen it yet on the website, we're going to uh, host SlaterCon London 
in, in, in May, in May 5th and 6th. So as you know, it's a two-day conference. So the first day is actually going to be around game and media localization uh, in a more kind of typical exhibition format where you have a booth and you have, uh, you know, th this type of uh, conference format. And the second day will be the tried and trusted SlaterCon model half day, you know, 20-minute presentations, uh, what everybody loves. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, to organizing that and getting this off the ground. Um, and of course, you know, would really like to thank all of our readers um, and, and now listeners yep. <laughs> and even viewers when we're putting this on YouTube. So thank you very much for, uh, for your support throughout uh, 2019. It's been a great year for us um, and I hope uh, for you too.